Welcome to Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. In his new book, Empower Your Momentum, Scott Allen delivers a raw and realistic approach to maximizing time and optimizing peak performance strategies. Today, we pull from that book for this bonus episode as we discuss decision fatigue. Yes, decision fatigue is a real thing. When we make too many decisions in a short period of time, our ability to make good decisions starts to decline. The more decisions we have to make, the more we experience decision-making fatigue, which almost always leads to us making bad choices. Nowadays, even choosing which movie to watch can be complicated and exhausting. You spend a quarter of an hour scrolling through titles, maybe putting them on your favorites list, and then feeling exhausted, decide to watch Friends for the umpteenth time. The problem is not a lack of options, but having too many. Every day, we're forced to make hundreds, if not thousands of decisions. The white shirt or the blue shirt? Answer emails or work on the project? Make a casserole or an omelet? Each of these decisions may seem irrelevant when made individually, but one after the other, they have a cumulative effect. The more decisions we have to make, the more complicated it is to make them, and the more likely we will make the wrong ones. However, when you understand decision-making fatigue, you can structure your activities to avoid falling into it. The result will be a series of intelligent choices. The ability to make good decisions is inversely proportional to the number of decisions we have to make. To make a good decision, we need to weigh all the factors involved, decide what is most important, and then act on that analysis. But performing these calculations requires much mental energy. One study showed the critical role that decision-making fatigue plays in making choices. Researchers looked at 1,112 probation judgments that took place over 10 months. They wanted to determine what factors affected whether a judge would or would not grant probation to an offender. It turned out that the most discriminating factor was not the severity of the crime, nor the behavior in prison, but the time of day. Judges were much more likely to grant probation early in the day and right after lunch. Why? At these two times, judges were, as they say, fresher. They could easily weigh all the variables and make that decision. On the other hand, as the hours passed, fatigue set in, and they had difficulty evaluating the cases. Therefore, they leaned toward an automatic choice, no parole. Fewer choices mean fewer decisions. Can you, for example, simplify your wardrobe so you have fewer choices? Plan your meals at the beginning of the week. Create time blocks so you know what tasks you'll be doing at any given time, e.g. 11 a.m. check mail. The simpler your life becomes, the less you'll struggle to make decisions. Identify priorities. Knowing your priorities helps you to keep your focus on what matters most. It keeps you from having to decide what deserves your attention constantly. You can devote your energy to work 
rather than always deciding what to work on. Make simple decisions in advance. The more things you decide in advance, the less mental energy you need to spend at the moment. Try to make as many simple decisions in advance as you can by accumulating them. You can easily plan what to eat the next day or the following week, what you'll wear, when you'll work out, etc. Work on complex and important tasks first. The more complex a task is, the more critical it is to work on it when fresh. As the hours of the day progress, your decision-making ability diminishes and it will become increasingly difficult to have the motivation to tackle the challenging items on your list. Fuel your body. This one should be obvious, but we often ignore it. Decision-making requires energy to function at maximum capacity, and you need to give your body the energy it needs. How? By eating at regular healthy intervals and resting at night. Eliminate distractions. As mentioned, distractions, especially digital ones, rob your attention and destroy your mental energy. Eliminating distractions is a great way to protect yourself from decision-making fatigue. When managing decision-making fatigue, the goal is not to eliminate decisions. Instead, the goal is to have more energy available for the decisions that matter. Eliminate the unnecessary and dedicate yourself to the extraordinary. Refrain from sugary food or junk. A diet too rich in processed, fatty, and sugary foods affects the function of the hippocampus, a part of the brain involved in memory and the modulation of appetite. It happens in mice and humans, as shown in a study published in the Royal Society Open Science. A group of healthy, normal-weight volunteers subjected to a week-long Western diet saturated with junk food reported difficulty remembering and exerting control over the hunger stimulus. Previous research has established the ability of junk food to generate addiction, increase the desire for other unhealthy food, and interfere with hippocampus functions. But this is the first time both effects have been observed in humans and young healthy individuals with no previous history of obesity. When we see a bag of chips or a chocolate snack, the brain presents pleasant memories of the last time we ate this food. However, if we are complete, the hippocampus intervenes by suppressing these traces and momentarily dampening the desire for more food. This mechanism jams after a few days on a junk food diet. For the study, researchers at Mockery University and Griffith University in Australia recruited 110 slim, healthy volunteers in their 20s who were accustomed to a balanced, nutritious diet. Half of them switched menus for a week, gorging themselves on waffles, high-sugar cereals, and fast-food lunches. Before, during, and after this unpleasant dietary regimen, which made eight people give up the task early, they had to participate in memory assessment tests and questionnaires that explored their desire for junk food and appreciation for those obtained. 
those who had followed a diet rich in junk food showed reduced hippocampal function, visible in lower memory capacity and poor self-control. These people craved junk food more than others. They remained hungry more often for the same number of calories consumed. Fortunately, the effect is reversible. The volunteer's memory and appetite return to normal three weeks after returning to a regular diet. This is a sign that can counteract the negative influence of junk food on the hippocampus. Spend time just sitting there. There is inevitably a time when our only desire is to put aside everything and be able to stop. But you don't have to wait for the much-dreamed-of vacations. Every day, we can devote ourselves to what makes us feel good and help us recover the energy to keep going. After a year of work, whether behind a desk or at home, of running here and there, of commitments, tasks, and concerns, we feel the vital need for a break from the usual hellish rhythms, to finally be able to stop on the shore of a sunny beach or the top of a mountain does not matter. The important thing is to get a break. But do we have to wait for the moment of the long-for vacation to put aside our hectic lives and enjoy a few moments of rest and well-being? The fundamental problem is that life doesn't stop. If we need to rest, there are still things we must do. We must continue to work, produce, and meet commitments and deadlines, even though we have little strength. But if life doesn't stop, can we stop? While waiting for the vacation, is it possible to carve out moments of relaxation from everyday life? Can we find spaces and moments of rest to immerse ourselves in recharging, just enough to restore and take a break? Perhaps it is. It is possible to take time for ourselves and find the energy that can sustain us when we feel we no longer have the strength. But what can we do concretely to recharge ourselves? We have things we like and theoretically make us feel good and things we don't like but unfortunately have to do. The situation becomes much heavier to bear if, beyond fatigue and lack of energy, our lives are unbalanced mainly towards the things that must be done, with little or no room for activities that can produce beneficial effects on us. Since we're all different, it is impossible to list all the activities that make us feel good. Each of us knows what we like and don't like, what makes us feel alive or productive, and what restores our energy, or, more significantly, serenity. So, the first step is pretty simple. Take a pen and paper and write down at least five activities that are a source of pleasure and joy for you, or restore a sense of effectiveness and productivity. It's better if these activities embody both characteristics, but finding such complete ones is difficult. If you're having trouble finding them, below are some ideas that I hope will be helpful to you. Often, these activities allow us to immerse ourselves at that moment putting aside fatigue, thoughts, and tasks. They're easy to find if we look for them among our interests, the things we enjoy. For example, reading a book, taking a walk in nature, taking a trip out of town, writing a poem, a letter, or a story, eating an ice cream, 
playing with your children or a four-legged friend. We can also sit, enjoying our presence and listening to our breathing. Whether the vacations are near or far away, impossible or already over, we can find ways to temporarily unplug and recharge our batteries simply by devoting time to ourselves and what we enjoy most. First, we need to identify at least five activities that suit us. More, if we feel like it. Then we need to decide when, where, and possibly with who to do them. This, perhaps, is the most challenging part. Finding the time to devote to ourselves when we think there is no time. In reality, this is a real investment. Even a few minutes to devote to what makes us feel good can give us more energy and improved mood and better relationships. Therefore, it's not a question of the quantity of time lost, but the quality of time gained. Stay focused on your one thing until you're finished. In the age of fast communication, multitasking, and on-demand entertainment, the ability to concentrate is increasingly rare. We're so accustomed to constant interruptions in our work that we can only focus for long periods if distracted. Unlike concentration, multitasking is not a superpower. Dividing one's mental energy into many activities does not allow us to go deep into them. To concentrate on one activity means to devote all our attention to it without allowing other thoughts or needs to divert it from our goal. First, it's necessary to identify our general objective. For some, it may be to study for an exam and write a thesis for others to develop a work project. We need to tell our brain what its focus will be. We can have more than one goal. We can have many, but every moment... We must focus on just one of them without getting lost in thinking about others. Once we've established our general objective, we need to go into more detail and focus on the mini-objectives, those bricks that make up the general objective. We must dedicate ourselves to each session of deep work for each of these mini-goals, giving all of ourselves to achieve it. We concentrate only when the activity absorbs our mental energy. Completing one of these small goals motivates us to attack the second, the third, and so on, creating a virtuous cycle of motivation and concentration. Deep and dedicated work allows us to do our best by focusing on a single goal without distractions. If we continuously train ourselves for more extended periods, Success will be short in coming, whatever our goal. But deciding to focus is not enough. We must take action. To do this, we must plan our work sessions and protect them from distractions. Concentration will allow us to get high marks in our exams by studying quickly, learning foreign languages, playing the guitar, and doing any other activity with profit. Concentration is the way of life of people who appear good at everything. Thanks to the productive efficiency that concentration allows us to achieve, we have much free time to devote to leisure activities, social life, and pure relaxation. 
Empower your momentum. Develop a rapid action mindset to streamline your potential, get massive results, and stay disciplined toward your goals. Written by Scott Allen. Narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2023 by Scott Allen Publishing. Production copyright by Scott Allen Publishing. Amazon.com has more information regarding the author and this book. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.